This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I'd like to welcome you to a thought exercise. So the thought exercise is... um, just just work with me on this because I think it'll it'll make sense in a second. So I want to say that you're a business owner. It's a family business. Uh, it's been in the family for generations. And you take it over from your parents. And they've retired and they're no longer involved in the business. But you have another job and you're just really trying to get this business to maintain itself and kind of work work its own way through. So once you took it over from your parents, there was a it was an entrenched management staff and you let them stick around but at some point you needed to make a change so you did and you brought in somebody who wasn't necessarily uh experienced in your your family business and, and that industry but they had business experience so you gave them gave them a shot and for the most part it went pretty well for most of the time that they were in charge um there was some complaints from certain people but that's to be expected but then there was, you know, some some unsavory things about the, the manager. You're like, maybe it's time for another change. I mean, I like the business is doing well. We're making money. Um, we're growing. But you're just kind of giving me a vibe that I just don't really love. So you said, okay, we're going to go another direction. We're going to get somebody with lots of experience, been in, the, been in the industry for a long, long time. They're they're probably past their prime a little bit, but you know everybody they're okay. Nobody really hates them dramatically. It just it, they're just kind of filling a spot until you get to the next level. But you just need something different because the guy you hired was just a little bombastic, and you know the the customers liked him, but the staff was like, eh, I'm not sure. Most of the customers like him, I should say. So you bring in this this new manager. And uh, it was a bad decision. It was a very, very, very bad decision. Um, the manager has no idea what's going on most of the time. Uh, the business is in turmoil at all times. You're losing money. Customers are upset. And, but the employees, for some reason, like this manager. But you can't figure out why. Because it makes no sense. This manager is completely incompetent. Um, everybody they've hired is incompetent, which might explain why they like them because they know they're incompetent, couldn't get jobs elsewhere. So they are happy to be employed, but it's just, it's a train wreck. So the question comes up, do you stick with what you got? Because the employees are happy, but as the owner, you're like, this is, this is not working. Do you go back to the guy you got rid of a couple years ago? Because the business did well, but is it really truly um, a good decision? Or do you look for a third option? Is there a third option? You know, do you get somebody that's entrenched? Somebody's working there already. You know, is that somebody you pick up? Maybe, maybe not. But you have to ask yourself, if you aren't comfortable with the previous guy you had and you don't think this guy is good, what do you do? Where do you look? Where do you, where do you find somebody? 
you know, this is a unique business. There's not a lot of people that have this level of experience or running something this, this size. What do you do? Well, the thing is you got to think about what's best for the business. As the owner of the business, what's best for me? What, what benefits me? I'm the owner. Not that I don't want the employees to be happy, but I don't want them to be happy in spite of me. As the owner, I want to be happy. I want what I need from this business. And, I, and if it's costing me more and I'm getting less return and it's causing more PR nightmares and you know headaches constantly, well, is this really what I'm looking to do? So there's the question. Now think of this as the presidency of the United States. You got Joe Biden, who by all measure, other than his own, is completely incompetent at presidency, at the presidency. And the staff he surrounds himself with is also incompetent. And Donald Trump is running for another term. But he had his own issues. And the country was doing well under him. But is this really where you want to go back to? Because it's, it's divided your staff and your, your customers. What do you do? Is there a third option? I would contend right now there doesn't seem to be a viable third option. It's Trump-Biden do repeat. And I don't know that anyone is really excited about that prospect. I don't care which side of the you're on. You could hate Donald Trump, but not be real thrilled by Joe Biden. And you could really love Joe Biden and be scared of Donald Trump. I think politically, our political class has failed us over and over. We are the owners, by the way, in this analogy. We've been failed by the management leadership class. Um. I don't care who, it doesn't matter which party you belong to, which party you believe in. Neither one has done a good job when they're in power as a group. Um, they've done poorly in the minority. They've done poorly in the majority. They can't seem to ever come to a consensus that benefits anybody but themselves. Um, you know, not for me, but for thee, that kind of mentality. Um, the insider trading, uh, January 6th, uh, October 7th, you know, the Ukraine war, you, you name it, inflation, um, Bidenomics, whatever that's supposed to mean. Is that supposed to mean good or bad things? Because the way I hear it said from the White House, it's supposed to be a good thing, but it doesn't appear to be a good thing in my pocketbook. Um, I don't think I'm better. So I'll go back to the, the Reagan thing in 1984. Do you feel you're better off than you were four years ago? Do you feel you're better off? Are you safer? Are you more financially secure? Are you more comfortable? Are you more hopeful for the future? And I truly like to ask anybody, be honest. Forget the, the people involved. Be honest. Are you better off than you were four years ago? 
And the answer has to be no. It has to be no. There's no possible way you can think you're better off. I don't care what group you're part of. Now, I'm not saying everything was great under Trump because it certainly wasn't. Was terrible under Obama, bad under George W. Bush, bad under Clinton, bad under H.W. Bush, even Reagan. At what point do you say enough is enough? I'm tired of constantly fighting. I'm tired of being pitted against my neighbor, whether it's political correctness, uh, whether it's pronouns, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm tired of being pitted against my neighbor. I'm tired of fighting over masking or not masking or COVID-19 vaccinations versus non-COVID-19 vaccination people. Get it, don't get it. That's a personal decision to me, okay? Um, follow the science, except when we don't like the science and then don't follow the science because it's not science. It's something else, I guess. The point is, if we don't agree on the set of facts, the set of parameters, they keep changing and you're always on the outside looking in. So do I feel better than I did four years ago financially? No. Do I feel more safe four years, four years from now or for, than I did four years ago? No. Do I feel like the country's going in the right direction? No, I do not. And I, I am not a Trump fan. I do not want Trump to be the Republican nominee. I don't. I don't want Biden to be the Democratic nominee. Okay? I don't want either one of them to be the president. But if you made me choose, I guess I would choose Trump over Biden, but I don't really want either one of them. But I'm not getting anything else to choose from. I mean, there's a primary going to start to happen in January, but I don't really expect it to be anybody other than Trump on the Republican side and Biden on the Democratic side. You know, it, Biden's a crook, T- complete and total crook. His son is a crook. The Biden family crime family. It's it, it, it beyond belief that there's still people defending his behavior. It's, it's not defensible. There's nothing, there's enough information there for, if I was on a jury, I have seen enough information to say he did it. He did it. Trump could be convicted of multiple things in multiple jurisdictions. Did he do it? I don't know. Did he incite a riot on January 6th? I don't think he did. Um, At the end of the day, was it insurrection? Mm, It seems hard to believe that it's an insurrection without weapons. Did it disrupt the Congress? Sure. Honestly, disrupting the Congress probably isn't the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, I Tony likes to talk about feature. It's a feature, not a not a bug. Basically, less laws enacted is not usually a bad thing. Um, but it was the people's business, and uh, Congress had a right to enact. You know, go through the go through the twenty twenty um, validation of the election, and and it did. It got delayed, but it still happened. There was a transition of power. This thing that Trump tried to take over, maintain power. I think in his heart, he'd like to have done so, but he didn't actually do so. He didn't call out the military to take over Congress. There wasn't a military junta out there trying to stop the the transfer of power. Joe Biden was inaugurated and became president. So I would contend, well, he might have wanted to. 
He might have considered the thought. He didn't actually do it. You know, and I would contend that I'd say that probably some other presidents in the past have felt like, hmm, I don't really want to leave. I don't kind of come up with some reason why I don't have to. He didn't. Would he in the future? I have no idea. Would he use the, the Department of Justice to prosecute his enemies? Probably at this point, because they've done the same thing to him. I feel like it's a retribution thing with Trump. Everything's a, you did this to me. Okay, I'm going to come back twice as hard. Um, January 6th to me was a bunch of idiots trespassing and slowing down the business. They had some delusional belief that Mike Pence could change the outcome of the election. I don't know why, other than Trump spouting off that Mike Pence could change the outcome of the election. It wasn't true. Uh, it wasn't going to happen. And the fact that any of them thought it was, was ludicrous. Now, if I'm, if the reports I'm seeing are to be believed, there were 200 FBI agents in that crowd. Seems like a lot. Seems like maybe they didn't do anything to stop this problem, probably. Uh, kind of reminds me of the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot where most of the gang were FBI agents. I think there were a couple people who weren't, but they were set up by a majority of the group that were FBI agents and undercover informants. I'm like, was it really a crime if you pushed them to do the crime? I mean, yes, it's still a crime, but if you're encouraging people to commit crimes, is it really their idea or your idea or where is it somewhere in between? Um, there were hundreds of thousands of hours of video from January 6th, and we've seen just a portion of them. But it does look like somebody let the doors open and somebody reduced the presence of the Capitol Police and somebody allowed this to happen. It doesn't look like it was Donald Trump, so I'm not really sure why Donald Trump is being blamed for something he didn't have any real control over. I believe Nancy Pelosi was in charge of the Capitol Police and reduced the number of people, even though there was a warning given, apparently. Um, but that, needless to say, it, it doesn't really matter. They, they didn't bring any weapons. And taking over the Capitol building was going to do what exactly? I mean, I was working that day. Um, I was working the next day, and I was working the day before that. And I'm not really sure um, how this changed anything. Um you can have a sit-in, I guess. I mean, there's been, since then, we've had insurrectionists in state houses um, and, and the Senate recently. Antifa was occupying the Senate. I'm certain they will not be in solitary confinement for years waiting trial for treason. I'm just not, I don't throw that treason thing around uh, or insurrection. It, I think it's a, it's a term meant to scare you. Um, it doesn't really mean the same thing the way they're using it. And the actions don't seem to match up. I'm a big action versus words. And I believe your actions tell me what you believe better than your words tell me what you believe. And, you know, I think politicians, the old adage, how do you know a politician's lying? Their lips are moving. That, that's pretty much how I feel about most politicians. I feel like most of them say the things they the group they're speaking to wants to hear. And then they go to the next group and they say the same thing that group wants to hear, but it's different than what they said the first time. So it's not really 
the truth. It's the truth relative to the group they're speaking with. That's not truth. There isn't my truth and your truth. There's the truth. That's a Ben Shapiro line. There's just, there's the truth. And it doesn't care if you believe it or not. It's still the truth. And my belief is there's a lot of people out there who don't have primary sources for a lot of what they're saying, what they're spouting. They don't really do the research to figure out what's this mean? You know, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's the economy, whether it's inflation, you pick the topic. It doesn't really matter what the topic is. But at the end of the day, if you don't trust your leadership to run a small business, should you trust them to run your country? Think about that. If you wouldn't want Joe Biden to run your mom and pop store, what makes him qualified to run the country? Or Donald Trump for that matter. If you wouldn't want Donald Trump running your store, do you want him running your country? What's your criteria for a president? What should it be? I mean, mine is competence, first and foremost. But it's competence in, in the areas that the job entails. Managing people, projecting strength to our enemies and strength to our allies. Getting out of the way of the capitalist system to run the economy. Not making stupid rules simply because you're trying to pander to some group about perceived grievances. Renaming things because, let's be honest, outside of most historians, does anybody know who who uh, Fort Bragg was named after? Anybody? Of course you don't. It's just a place where the 82nd Airborne is in North Carolina. You don't know who Bragg was. He was a Confederate general, by the way. But you don't know that until somebody brings it up and says, did you know he's a Confederate general? We've named him. We've named an army base after a Confederate general. I don't care. Right? Or Fort Hood. John Bell Hood, also Confederate general. That was a sop to the Southerners to give base names for their perceived heroes from the Confederacy. Okay. Great. I, I don't... It's a name. It doesn't spark anything with me. Nothing. And if it, spark, if it causes you a microaggression, I guess that's, that's what it is, but I don't understand why. It's a name. It's a statue. What, what does the statue mean to you? A Robert E. Lee statue. I think slavery was horrible. Should never have occurred. It's, a, it's something that's been in existence in this world since nearly the beginning of, of recorded history and still continues today in certain parts of the world. Doesn't make it right. It's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And Robert E. Lee owned slaves. And he fought for the Confederacy. And if he had fought for the Union, he still would have owned slaves because he owned slaves when he was a Union officer. Does that mean you take a statue down? I don't know. Should you put the statue up? I don't know. I don't care. 
I didn't care that you put it up and I didn't care that you took it down. I didn't care that it existed. I'm not sure why anybody does. Right? I mean, we get so bent out of shape over symbols and things. What, what, what did he do? And do you even remember who he was? Do you? Do, do you remember anything about Robert E. Lee other than he surrendered to Grant at Appomattox Courthouse in April 1865? Do you remember anything else about him? Maybe if you live in Pennsylvania, you know Gettysburg. He fought at Gettysburg. And the Battle of Gettysburg was the high point of the Confederacy. Maybe. But the average person probably doesn't know anything about Robert E. Lee. Doesn't know that where his home was is Arlington National Cemetery. His family home. And his father was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Do you know any of that stuff? No, of course you don't. You know what you're fed. Right? You know, we're getting rid of George Washington's name from things because he's owned slaves. We're getting rid of Abraham Lincoln's name from things because uh, not really sure why. He didn't own slaves. But he didn't free them as soon as he could have, like, I guess. That's the rationale. Um, I, I think, call it public school 126 for all I care. I don't really care what the name of the building is. Roads are named after politicians. Schools are named after politicians. I, I don't really care what it's called. As long as I can find it and I can describe it to somebody else so they can find it, I don't really care what you call it. It doesn't really matter. But we get so caught up in naming. Well, that's a that triggers me to something. I will say this again because I said it before. I've never owned slaves. I don't know anybody who has owned slaves. And I don't know anybody who was a slave. And neither do you. Because the, all those people have been long gone. If this was 1866, then yeah, you might have a discussion. 1900, sure. It's 2023. Tell me, when's, who's the last slave you met in the United States? I'm not saying some other country where they were enslaved. A U.S. slave, which ended in 1865. Please, enlighten me. Who is it that you know that was a slave? Right? Maybe some of your ancestors were slaves. Maybe some of your ancestors owned slaves. But you didn't. And the people walking around today weren't slaves. So why are we having this discussion about reparations and other things? San Francisco, in, in a budget crisis, has decided not to give every um, former or, or every black member of the community $5 million and reduced taxes and things like that because they can't afford it. Because that's the reality of the situation. It's pandering. It's using words that have some meaning, but in the end result, don't really have actions that you care about. There's no action. Who cares? Right? I mean, does it really matter? No, of course it doesn't. It's just words. Now, somebody told me today words can have, can wound, and they can, and words can build up, and they can. But they are still, at the end of the day, words. And they only have meaning to you if you allow them to have meaning to you.
if you don't allow them to affect you, then they don't. You know, I, I'm a Michigan fan. I don't like Ohio State. But seeing the word Ohio State doesn't trigger me. I don't, I'll start going to convulsions because somebody said the word Ohio State. It's a word. Words. I, I don't care. Why does everybody else care so much? I can't believe it. You desecrate somebody's monument. Why? For what purpose? What have you accomplished? You you showed your bigotry by desecrating their whatever. Live and let live. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Sure. Doesn't mean I have to listen to you. Doesn't mean I have to participate in whatever you are interested in. How many times have you gotten a uh, somebody begging you for money, or begging, shouldn't say begging, asking you for money for a cause. doesn't matter what the cause is. It's not your cause, it's somebody's cause. But how many times are you asked on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to give money to something or someone? I would contend in the United States all the time. Go to the grocery store. They're asking you to donate money. Online, donate money. You go to a religious organization, you go to a uh, social organization, donate money. We're, we're doing this for this. You know, is there an accounting of the books? Nah, you, you never see that. How much of your money that you donated to the grocery store for XYZ cause actually goes to the, the cause? I don't know. Neither do you. You have no idea. And they know that. They know that they can say, hey, we're donating to, go back to the old Seinfeld episode. George donated to the human fund. The human fund, which was him. And he donated money to himself to pay for things he didn't want to give gifts for other people. So I've, in your name, I've donated money to the human fund. He kept the money he was going to give to somebody and it was donated to the human fund. Do you do any research on these things? Here's a dollar. Here's, here's five bucks. Round up. What, whatever it is. doesn't really matter. It's for a good cause. Well, I assume it's for a good cause because you're asking me for money. I assume it's not a bad cause or you wouldn't be asking me for money. So you've already established that it's a good cause. So now tell me what it's about. Tell me what's this money going to go towards? Where's it going to go? Is it going to go to pay salaries? Is it going to go pay for mailings? What's it actually going to go towards? Is it going to go towards the kids or the organization's needs or not? And how much of it is? I mean, if you, if you donate to a charity, you can see, if they're a registered charity, you can see how much of it's uh, administrative versus going to the to people you think you're helping. Um, and you'd be shocked. I think you'd be very shocked to see how much money goes to those people that isn't really helping the people you think you're helping. But the whole point comes back to, what is it we want from our leadership? What is it we want from the people telling us what to do? Because make no mistake, they're telling you what to do. They're telling what you can do, what you can't do. Which which things are you willing to say, yep, that's a good thing, I'm okay with that. Or, what's a bad thing? I'm not okay with that. You know, write to your politician. Does that work? Does it? I've written to my politician. They still didn't do what I wanted. Were they ever going to? Does it matter? Do I call your politician? Do you write a letter? Do you send an email? Send a telegram? Does it matter? Really? 
At the end of the day, you've elected them. And if they think they can get away with whatever they want to do, they're going to do that. If it's long enough till the next election, they'll ride it out probably. They're going to do what they want. We have a representative democracy. Okay. I laugh every time I hear somebody talk about the Revolutionary War as uh, no taxation without representation. Well, we have representation and we still have taxes, stupid taxes, things that you can't imagine why we're being taxed on. So we have representation and taxation. Didn't get better, did it? Just because you have representation doesn't mean they represent you correctly or effectively or have any power to change individually what you want. So does anybody really say, tax me more? Now, you hear certain politicians, certain groups say, I'll pay your fair share. You hear Joe Biden say that all the time, pay your fair share. What's my fair share? There's about 330, 340 million people in the United States. I feel like my fair share is one, one point out of 340 million. That's my fair share. Right? Should I pay more than that? Well, then I'm paying more than my fair share, aren't I? Truly. If there's 340 million people and each of them has a share to pay, and I'm paying two shares, that means somebody else probably isn't paying a full share. Maybe they're paying half a share. Maybe I'm paying five shares, and everybody else that I know is paying a quarter of a share. So I'm still paying more. So the point is, when you have fair share, what does that really mean? What's the number? What's the percentage of your income that's a fair share? Well, if you ask a politician, especially a progressive politician, it's 100% is a fair share. You should just be happy you have some place to live. We got to give that to somebody else. Now, these are the same people who are also living high on the hog um, without paying their fair share, Joe Biden uh, and your son, taking money from bags of cash from overseas people to enact policies that benefit them and you're not paying taxes on it. Your son is not paying taxes on his fair share. Assuming that was his fair share of money, he didn't pay his fair share in taxes. So I don't listen to politicians who tell me to pay my fair share. You take it, and there's nothing I can do about it. And then you want more, because you're never happy. Politicians are never happy. They always want more, 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 more. It's never enough. It's time in memoriam. You go back to the Roman Empire. They taxed the citizens. It was always too much. Nobody ever said, oh, I'm paying just the right amount of taxes. A penny more, too much. A penny less, not enough. Just the right amount of taxes. Nobody has ever said, I'm not paying too, many, too much in taxes. Ever. And they never will. What is a fair share? See? Nobody can really answer that question. So if you can't answer the question, stop asking it. If you can't define the term, stop asking the question until you can define the term. So politician, tell me what my fair share is. I'll tell you if I agree or disagree. More than likely, I'll disagree, as will most people. You know, And I don't want to hear the difference between federal, state, local. To me, it's all government taking money out of my paycheck that they didn't earn, that I did. Honestly, if you look at your paycheck... How much of that goes to you? I don't mean the, the, the net amount. I mean the, the taxes that are taken out of your tax, of your paycheck, 
how much of that comes to you? Tony and I talked about this many years ago, about a flat tax. Well, it's the same percentage regardless of what you make. Well, it's to, that's, that's unfair to the, the people who make less. Well, no, they exist as one share. One out of 340 million. Their share is this amount. Okay? Not a percentage. And that's what a flat tax really is, the percentage. Not a percentage, an actual amount. How much does it take to run the government? Not the fluff, not the excess programs where we take money from one and give to another. How much does it actually take to run the government? And your share is X. That's your share. Anything beyond that is more than your share. Anything less than that is less than your share. See, pretty simple. Now, economically, that doesn't work because some people make $10 an hour. Some people make $100 an hour. So the person who makes $100 an hour paying $100, big deal. Okay? So I understand that. But don't tell me that I need to pay more because somebody else isn't. Over 50%, almost 50% of people in this country don't pay federal taxes. They take it out and then they get it back. So that means 50% are not funding the federal government. They're paying state and local taxes, of course. But if you're a renter and you make less than a certain amount in this country, you're not paying property taxes. You're not paying federal taxes. You're paying state taxes on your income in certain states. You're paying income or you're paying um, sales tax in certain states. But if you don't consume and you don't have an income tax, let's say you live in Tennessee, which is an income tax-free state, but they have a higher sales tax, but you live on the border and you go into Georgia, which is a lower sales tax, you buy everything in Georgia. Well, you're, you're not giving any money to the state. You make less than a certain amount, you're giving to the federal government, it subsidizes the states. You don't have a state income tax, so they're not charging that. You buy your goods in Georgia, so the sales tax goes to Georgia. Uh, maybe you have some local taxes, so maybe you're doing a little bit locally. But there's ways to skirt that to benefit you. Go to Delaware. If you live in Pennsylvania, you live on the Pennsylvania-Delaware border. You buy your goods in Delaware because there's no sales tax, right? You know? Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bad system, but I don't know what the better system is. You know, we need a certain amount to fund the government. It's just inevitable. But it doesn't mean we have to keep going up. The government doesn't need to keep spending, spending, spending. Okay? We don't need to increase the size of the government, meaning headcount, because I don't feel like I'm getting any more for that headcount. I'm just paying more. Have you, have you seen that in, in store, stuff you buy in the store now, the grocery store? The bags are smaller. There's less. The bags are smaller. The volume in it is smaller, and you're paying more. So it's not just inflation of the cost of the existing size. They've increased the cost to overall and given you less of it. And you're supposed to be happy about that. Go find a half gallon of ice cream. You can't. Two quarts. Or a gallon. But two quarts. Not a half gallon. It's two quarts. Yeah, it, it's... And, and then before you correct me, yes, there's four quarts in a gallon. I get that. 
but it's not really four quarts. It's one and a half quarts, but they call it a half gallon. So it's listed as a half gallon, but it's not a half gallon. And the price just keeps going up. Everything goes up. Prices go up, 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 up. And they don't come back down. For some reason, they don't come back down. Um, but here we go. This is what we're talking about. You can't, there's a limit. To some point, you're going to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't pay for this anymore. And you cut back. But what do you want in a politician? What do you want in a president? What are your goals? Not your individual me, 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 me goals. But what if we actually voted for somebody who espoused the best needs of the country? Wouldn't we be better off if that happened? Truly? Because honestly, if I want to be protected, I want to have the opportunity for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from the Declaration of Independence. I want that opportunity to to live and let live. Okay? But every time you take more of my paycheck and increase the cost of every good and service that I need to live that life, now I have less available to me. I'm not better off than I was before. Now there comes a point where that's not going to happen. You can't be better off because you're so good. You, how many times can I tell you? We have it better than 99% of the world. Okay. But that doesn't mean it has to go downhill because we have it better than other people. It just means we have it better than other people. Shouldn't we want to bring them up and not bring us down? But that doesn't seem to be the case. I want a politician who isn't thinking for themselves. or sorry, not thinking about themselves and their needs. I want them to think for themselves, but I want them to think for what's best for everyone. And sometimes that's not going to be me. That's not going to be my needs. I get it. But when you're presiding over 340 million people, you kind of have to take the bigger picture. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't tell me, oh, this is going to hurt, but it's in the long run, it's the best thing for you. Because people get emotional about those decisions. And if you've ever been laid off from a company and they tell you, oh, this is hard, this is really hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard for me too because I'm leaving. I'm getting, I don't have a job. So I, I, feel, I feel what you're, you're saying, but I don't really care what you feel because I'm the one losing the job. When somebody else is suffering, you can't say, well, I, I get how you're feeling. No, you don't. You might have a similar feeling, but you don't have my feeling. So don't tell me that. Just don't, don't, you know, don't, don't do that to me. I think there's a lot of room for growth from a, from a president. I think Donald Trump did some good things, but I think he was a divisive president. I think Joe Biden has done nothing good whatsoever, and he was a very divisive president. I think Barack Obama... Uh, I don't think I can't think of anything he did well, but he was a divisive president. I think George W. Bush had good intentions, but I don't know that I say he did everything well. I, I think the Patriot Act was a was a joke, and it should never have been enacted. Uh, I think uh, Medicare Part D was stupid, and it should never have been part of uh, an entitlement program. But that's where we're at. So. 
where do we come from here? I go from here. I don't know. I don't really know. But what I know is I don't trust Joe Biden to run my business. So I'm not going to vote for him to be president. I don't trust Donald Trump to run my business. But if I have to choose with him and, and Joe Biden, I'm going to choose Donald Trump. But I would prefer not to have him running my business either. I want somebody who's going to have the customer's needs in mind and the employee's best interests. And sometimes that can't be the same thing. They're, they're going to be different. But I don't want to hear about only the needs of the president being met while everybody else suffers because he and his family need something better than us. I don't care for that. So I, I don't know where to take this, but I really want you to think about who you're voting for and why. Which candidate are you voting for? And I don't want to hear anybody says, well, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a dyed in the wool Democrat, but I'm just not voting for Biden. Well, you're not voting for Trump either. You're not going to pick the other candidate. So when people say that stuff, it, it makes no sense. You know, the, the uh, pro-Palestine group, are saying, oh, we're not going to vote for Biden. Well, you're not going to vote for Trump or whoever the Republican nominee is either. So he's not going to get your vote, but it's not going somewhere else to really have any impact. And at the end of the day, you're going to hold your nose and you're still going to vote for Biden. That's the reality. I held my nose and I voted for Trump. And if that's my two options again, I will hold my nose and I'll vote for Trump. But it's not who I prefer to vote for. I won't tell you who I prefer. I want you to make that decision for yourself. Who do you think is best for this country? And is it a viable option? You got to win. You know, again, referring to Ben Shapiro, it doesn't matter what your convictions are. If, if the person you support can't win, it doesn't matter that they hold true to the, to their policies because they can't win. And if you can't win, you can't enact those policies. So it really doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. All you've done is voted for somebody who can't win and allowed the person you didn't want to win effectively. So that's where I'll leave it at. Um, please let me your thoughts. I, I'd like to, if you, if you think I'm all wrong on Biden, please tell me. Uh, if you think I'm all right on or wrong on Trump, tell me. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong. I'd love to hear that because I don't know that I've, I've made an educated, uh, thoughtful analysis of both and i'm not really happy with either choice but if it's a binary choice and it usually is that's where we're at okay thanks for joining me i'll talk to you later good night This has been a Hannah Tree production.